Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week we are talking about. The Halo campaign it doesn't have couch co-op multiplayer anymore. That's true. Uh, they didn't take it away from it, but they just didn't. They stopped m- making it. Yeah, and they've been promising that feature for years. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. We also have uh, the news, but first, John, what have you been up to this week? Man, so it's been two weeks, uh, technically, for everybody on the podcast. So, uh, so last week had had you know, you were you were out. I was uh, I had a huge like thing thing going, so it was just like okay, couldn't 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 make it happen. So uh, so I apologize to the listeners for not, for not having a podcast last week, but I have watched She Hulk, the first two episodes oh, on nice. Disney Plus, and uh, and I actually I really like that show so far. Um, nice. It's different. It's it's interesting. The for whole first episode is like you know sets up the uh, her character like oh how does she get the the Hulk powers because like it's different than it was in the comics and stuff like that. In the comics she like gets injured and uh, Bruce gives her like a, a blood transfusion to save her life. Right. Where in the like MCU like based on the that first Hulk movie like. You know he's so concerned about uh, his blood getting out, like it, it uh, one like drop of it like locks down the whole facility and all this stuff, like and so like it's just a like it's it's not <laughs> they're not you know he's not as uh, as willy nilly with the with the blood transfusions you know <laughs> in the uh, MCU version of uh, of the characters. So they had to explain like how she got her powers how, and like how she's training or like what's the deal here, and it, it was a very uh, fun kind of character driven like where it's like her and Bruce together um hanging out for the, almost that whole first episode which was very fun and it and it plays for humor and things like that um and then the second episode very awesome but it's it's also very funny but it sets up like this other like offshoot of the story where she's like now you know she wants she's being hired as a lawyer to defend uh, Abomination, which is which is a oh, throwback man. to is the, this a flashback? The first Hulk movie. No, she's like so he's he's like been in lockup or whatever this whole time. Wow. For ten years? Yeah, so he's been locked up and like and that's the thing. He's like applying for like, hey, I need to be like out of lockup. The, the like I'm fine now, like the I'm I'm you know able to control my powers now. I, you know, the, the, the government is actually the reason, like they experimented on me and the, I am the reason like that, that's the reason that I was became abomination and like all these things. And so like, it, and it's like, oh man, all this makes sense. So it's like, she's like working through that whole thing of like, Hey, you know, how, how does she become like still a lawyer as she Hulk and like all these things. Um, it's really fun. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to continue watching it. Um, and, uh, and report back. But, uh, but so far I'm, it's, pretty pretty fun and pretty great i it's way better than a lot of the other mcu things that we've had uh you know like uh you know better than in my mind than like falcon winter soldier and and stuff like that so so it's it's uh it's kind of forging its own unique niche within within the mcu which i uh, i appreciate that's awesome that's cool i'll have to check it out you should you should especially because like dude like I thought for sure, like they were just never, never gonna reference that first Hulk movie ever again. 
Because, like, you know, the, that first Hulk movie with Edward Norton, like, comes out, and then we have Iron Man, and they decide to go, like, Iron Man's the big hit, and, like, people love it, and, uh, and I, like, we went the Iron Man route, right, rather than the Hulk route, and, uh, like, that's the MCU we end up with, and so I just kind of always thought that they would just drop off and just never reference Abomination, and never reference, like, uh, that Hulk movie, and so, like, the fact that, like, not only have we had, like, references to it, in other movies other mcu movies like uh in an offhanded kind of way but like literally we're dealing with the main one of the main villains of that and we like have like talked uh, like referenced the whole blood situation like like it's all it's all kind of coming back chris mm. so it's very cool Wild. very cool Wild. what have you been up to the last couple of weeks oh yeah so i mean so i was uh, on vacation at the beach um and uh and uh, so, like, uh, I haven't been up to a ton entertainment-wise. The main thing is um, I started reading uh, the book Duma Key by Stephen King. I'm about a third of the way through. Um, I started reading it because it's set in Florida, and I was like, well, I'm in Florida, so I'll uh, start reading this. And it's good so far. It's, it's, um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy read. It's not like one of his, like, denser books. It's still, like, 800 pages long, so it's long. But it's not like a like super complicated read. Hmm. Um, so far, I like it a lot. It's not, you know, I wouldn't count it among my favorites yet. But again, I'm only like a third of the way through, and things are just now starting to uh, become a little more supernatural, you know, with psychic powers and things like that. I dig it. So, I dig it. Yeah, you never yeah. know. You never know getting into like a Stephen King book or whatever. Like, I, I at least like until I'm like deep, deep into it. I never know how it's going to like land uh, in my like in my uh my brain where it's like okay is this going to be like one of the 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 greats or is it like going to you know is it going to be like ah that was, it was okay it was it was entertaining and I enjoyed myself but you know it's not not doesn't like you know burn into your brain where like you're laying in bed at night thinking about it you know what i mean <laughs> right right totally because it's all—it's um, it's always going to be like it's either going to breeze on by, and it's like, oh, that was fun, entertaining, or it's going to like you know haunt your haunt your nightmares. Yep. Um, so far, it's not haunting my nightmares, so uh, that's good. Um, but uh, I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated as I uh, keep reading through that. Um, I also watched—we uh, watched—I don't even know how long it's been out, but it's, it wasn't like brand new. Uh, but watched uh, a limited series on Netflix called Echoes, and it's—it uh, was interesting. It was like this. Um, premises there's two twin sisters and uh, apparently they like have been switching places every year on their birthdays and so they lead two completely separate different lives and then but then switch and and then they have you know caused trouble for one another so chaos ensues <laughs> it was it was worth it was worth a watch I would cool. you, know, you know I don't you know like it, it was good uh, I would probably, you know, like choose other things over it if you're, you know, pumped about watching something else. But um, <laughs> if you're scanning through and you and you see it, yeah, and you, there's something else where yeah. you're like, maybe this, maybe try the other. You know, that's maybe try the other thing. That's interesting. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It yeah. just wasn't, you know, amazing. Uh, but that's really all I've been up to, John. Uh, the rest of rest of my time has been been spent just uh, uh, either uh, working or like just on the beach reading and just spending a lot of time doing that kind of stuff. Cool, dude. Cool. Well, in that case, I think it's time for the news. The news. All right, the news. Um, so you have a few news 
items, I think, uh, let's start with the, uh, the, the most, um, uh, the, the, the one that's easiest to, to talk about. Uh, 2022 Lego Advent calendars are now available. Now, John, we talked about these last year. They were a main segment, Chris. They were the, they, they were, were the, like, yes. they were the, they were the, 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 the big thing, the headliner. Yep. Of um, one of our and, episodes. And, uh, and John, I ended up getting as a gift. And I, without me even know, knowing, they, they didn't even know that I was uh, uh, talking about them. One of my friends got me a Lego advent calendar. So I had, Which I one got did the they get you? Star Wars. I had the Lego Star Wars advent calendar last year. Nice, And nice. Uh, I will say it was really fun. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I talked about it or not, but just like opening a different like little thing and having something small to build every day mm-hmm. was, uh, was a lot of fun. It's pretty um, cool. I, like sometimes I would get, I would actually get backed up because of, you know, like maybe I was busy or something like that. And like mm-hmm. they do take, you know, they take like five to 10 minutes to put together. It's not like it's, uh, you know, like two or three clicks and it's on. That's um, true. And so, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it last year. It was great. Yeah. Um, some of them are like little mini figs and then some of them are like, uh, are more complex, like small models of like the different ships and things like that. Yes. And, uh, yes. And this one, I did appreciate this year. They seem to be leaning into the Christmas aspect a little bit more than they did last year. Yeah, like the Star Wars characters have like Christmas sweaters on and stuff like that. Like yes, because yep. Outside of outside of the artwork on and and I guess maybe the the overall kind of setting with some of the the models being Hoth, um, <laughs> there was nothing that really. On, well, because it has snow on it, yeah. but there's, yeah. there was there was nothing that really indicated that this was Christmassy stuff. Nothing, you know, rings in the holiday season like the Hoth, Hoth. scenes, yeah, where, yeah. where Luke and <laughs> and Han have to nap inside of a, a Tauntaun's corpse. Uh, Tauntaun, yep. <laughs> yes. It's very yes, screams Christmas, warms the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this year there's the Lego Star Wars Advent Calendar, Harry Potter Advent Calendar, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Advent Calendar. That's different from last yeah, year. Not just like a standard like generic Marvel one. It's Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then Lego City Advent Calendar. I thought that one was pretty cool too. Yeah, that one looks really cool. Um, it's it's uh, like Santa Claus is in yeah. that one. So like it's that one's li- like legit. <laughs> Legit Christmas. It's not just it's like, like if if the the Darth Vader with flippers and like uh, you know his vacation shorts on is not enough for you to to denote like hey the holidays, um, which I love. I love that Darth Vader being like you know the villain or whatever. Like he's just like grumpy in this one. He's just like I'm. Gonna, yeah. I don't like Christmas. I'm gonna go vacation in you know the warm place for Christmas. You know. Yeah. Um, just you know. So that's that's what the the play is there. If that's not Christmassy enough, though, this one leans hard into the Christmas. <laughs> yes, as does the Lego Friends Advent Calendar, which it is does. the 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 final one. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, if if you if. If you are at all on the fence about it, mm-hmm. and even and I know the price is like you know they're pretty pricey. Some of these are forty four dollars, others are thirty five. Um, it was fun. 
Like and and I don't you know there's also the Funko advent calendars. Yeah, I think like to me those intrigue me a little bit less. They're cool, mm-hmm. but because I I can't build something like yeah, I, I just open it up. Like to me, I like I actually enjoyed the building aspect of yeah. it. It was really fun. The the experience ends whenever you just pop it open or whatever, and they're like, oh surprise! I you know there's there's some there's some cool ones though. Like I think there's like a Pokemon one which would be really cool, and like the you know so there are some cool Funko Pop ones. But yeah, I'm I'm there with you. Where the Lego thing is is appealing because it's the, ex- the experience is not just like opening it and being surprised. The experience is then being able to build it um you know another thing that i enjoy like advent calendars like it, like chocolate advent calendars or like the the like candy ones like where it's like oh i don't know what kind of candy i'm gonna get today you know and then you pop it open and then it's like oh that's also kind of experiential because you're eating it and then you get to enjoy that aspect of it too not just the surprise of opening it so um but if you are more of a funko funko pop kind of a person Maybe one of those advent calendars would be really fun, and they're like the the mini uh, Funko Pops, and they are very, very, very cool looking too. So, um, the next piece of news is uh, DC Comics. Well, and I guess movies and everything related. Uh, DC Fandom, which has been uh, their digital kind of event, that which they would announce all the upcoming things that were happening over the next year in the world of DC. Um, since 2020, I guess so there was two of them. There's one, one in 2020, one in 2021. There wasn't. Uh, 20, were, there wasn't one in 2019. I thought there was one no, in before that. Okay. No. Okay. It started started because of right. primarily because of COVID, and there wasn't a, a Comic Con and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. And so um, they are uh, not continuing that this year. Um, they are opting instead to just have a presence at Comic Con and at some of the other cons. Um, I I also you know like feel like it's also because they don't have a ton to announce other than the all the things they have been killing recently yep 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 and and, you know i mean and and obviously this is just another casualty (laughs) this yes dc fandom did you enjoy that well no more yeah never doing it again dude like and that's the thing like we talked about we talked about the hbo max thing as a main thing like a few weeks ago but like since then like we we at the time we were like well i don't know this seems this seems weird but like maybe like but since then it has become clear that, oh, <laughs> that yeah. there are so many just yeah. completely anti like creation and anti art things that they're doing over there <laughs> yep um, all right, so the last piece of news, I think, yes, the last piece of news is Phil Spencer has confirmed that Overwatch, Diablo, and Call of Duty will come to Game Pass. Um, this is uh, from a blog on Microsoft. Uh, I was going to read it real quick. Um, I love it. This is, this is titled, Gaming for Everyone Everywhere, Our View on the Activision Blizzard Acquisition by Phil Spencer. Game developers around the world are creating innovative and groundbreaking games. We think that we can do more to bring those experiences to the billions of players everywhere. Our announcement in January that we intend to acquire Activision Blizzard was an important milestone in our journey to do so. Since then, regulators, game developers, and players have been asking what the acquisition means for the industry and, most importantly, for players. While we love consoles, we recognize that they are not the only way that people play games. Today, the largest and fastest-growing segment of gaming is mobile platforms. To reach the billions of players where they are and no matter what device they play on, we need to embrace embrace choice. Giving players choice in how they play their games makes gaming more accessible and leads to larger, more vibrant communities of players. Choice is equally important to developers. Developers benefit from having a diversity of distribution and business models for their games. 
Choice unlocks opportunities for innovation and enables the industry to grow. We are expanding choice in two ways, through the creation of Game Pass, which gives players a subscription option, and by bringing more games to mobile platforms, including through our, game, our cloud game streaming technology. Subscription services like Game Pass make gaming more affordable and help players from all over the world find their next favorite game. Game Pass empowers the developers to bring more games to more players, not fewer. We intend to make Activision Blizzard's much-loved library of games, including Overwatch, Diablo, and Call of Duty, available in Game Pass and to grow those gaming communities. By delivering even more value to players, we hope to continue growing Game Pass, extending its appeal to mobile phones and any connected device. Bringing more games to mobile platforms, however, requires new capabilities. The expertise that the teams at Activision Blizzard brings in developing games for mobile platforms will help us understand how to create games that engage players around the world. In addition, we hope that players will be eager to play traditional console games from Activision Blizzard on other platforms via our cloud game streaming technology. This promises to, to open up mobile gaming, creating new distribution opportunities for game developers outside of mobile app stores, while delivering compelling and immersive experiences for players by using the power of the cloud. And we can extend the joy of playing to devices that people already own, including smart TVs and laptops. All right, a couple more paragraphs. In doing so, we will pursue a principled path. We've heard that this deal might take franchises like Call of Duty away from the places where people currently play them. That's why... As we've said before, we are committed to making the same version of Call of Duty available on PlayStation on the same day the game launches elsewhere. We will continue to enable people to play with each other across platforms and across devices. We know players benefit from this approach because we've done it with Minecraft, which continues to be available on multiple platforms and has expanded to even more since Mojang joined Microsoft in 2014. As we extend our gaming storefront across new devices and platforms, we will make sure that we do so in a manner that protects the ability of developers to choose how to distribute their games. We will continue to engage with regulators as well, with a spirit of transparency and openness as they review this acquisition. We respect and welcome the hard questions that are being asked. The gaming industry today is robust and dynamic. Industry leaders, including Tencent and Sony, continue to expand their deep and extensive libraries of games as well as other inter entertainment brands and franchises, which are enjoyed by players everywhere. We believe that a thorough review will show that the combination of Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard will benefit the industry and players. For all the players and game developers out there, you remain at the center of everything we do, and we will continue to listen to your feedback and do everything we can to nurture this industry we all love. Um, so, the... The only clarifying question I think I have, John, is these games that are coming to uh, Game Pass is like when and like and for how like I would assume I would assume they're there permanently like kind of like the you know um, Fallout and all of the the games from um, Bethesda, but I wonder if there's like an exclusivity period where like. Or maybe they'll come. Will they come day and date? Like other other so, first party stuff. The thing is, like I think I would assume it sounds like whenever this deal goes through, whenever that might be, they don't expect it. Like they didn't expect it to be like sooner than a year. Whenever they announced it in January, and so like I don't anticipate like any of the the Call of Duty games, the next Call of Duty, like Modern Warfare Two the new one is not going to come day and date to Game Pass this year. I wouldn't think. 
um, because the deal won't have gone through at that point. But in my mind, like this is kind of saying that like as soon as that that deal goes through, like it's coming to Game Pass day and date. As soon as like every new game launches, just like every other first party uh, Microsoft game, but it will also go to other platforms the same day for purchase, obviously. Um, now that's to be like like even Bethesda. Even after they were purchased by Microsoft, they had like other deals uh, happening, like with Sony and stuff, like where their games were available on their platform, like their uh, their PlayStation Now at the time um, for a little while, and then like you know, so there might be some like other deals that extend beyond the. Uh, the the acquisition i also think about like things like okay so we had death loop was a bethesda game that was that is still a sony ex- console exclusive um and it will come to to game pass and will come to xbox platforms i think in this year sometime like in october november sometime but it's still to to until now it is still a PlayStation exclusive. So is what is the, uh, what there was one that came out earlier this year. Um, that was also like a Bethesda game, but is also a PlayStation exclusive. Anyway, regardless, the, the, the deals that are in place are going to have to be still, you know, worked out. Like they're going to have to still obviously honor all of those deals, whatever the timing of those is. So, um, yeah, the thing that I like that strikes me as, as I'm, you're reading through this is like, Something we've said before is that, man, if this was any other company, like this is just a lot of a lot of the marketplace. Like you think about like Activision, like merging in with all of the things with uh, with with Xbox and Bethesda, like it, and like just the sheer amount of the market that that is is like staggering. And so if it was like Amazon doing this, or if it was like, um, you know, Google, like whenever they were doing the stadia thing and still have like, are, are talking like they're tr- going to try to do some acquisitions and things like this would be very, very concerning if it was any other company besides Microsoft. And it's like, part of me is like, is it still concerning even though it is Microsoft, you know, <laughs> cause it's just like a lot of the marketplace in one location like one company even if they're still going to put those games on other platforms uh day and date um it just is it's a lot of control over a lot of the industry it's just fascinating to to watch yeah um this is i mean as as a game pass subscriber like all this is great to me you know 100 <laughs> yeah, like, yeah and and here's the thing i don't like as long as you know we're not they're not taking the game away from other platforms to me this all feels like a good thing sure so um yeah, yeah. i mean and, and a lot like activision was and you know still in a lot of ways is like it was in like massive amounts of like trouble um you know uh, whenever the acquisition kind of was announced and things and so it's like obviously like this was you know this was something someone was going to acquire activision at some point here um, and so, you know, it being Microsoft, I'm like, okay, that's, that's kind of like best case scenario. Um, but you know, it still is, uh, it's just a lot of, a lot of the marketplace in one, one place. And so it is, it is reassuring for him to be like, Hey, this is going to be, you know, call of duty always going to be everywhere day and day with the things, but it's also going to be part of your game pass subscription. So it just adds value to game pass subscribers while also not removing value from other platforms, basically. Yep. Yep. I think that's the news. 
All right, John, for the main segment, we are talking about the removal of co-op, couch co-op, from the Halo Infinite roadmap. Um, it was something that was promised. Um, and I didn't realize this. This is like, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but like looking over an article from GameSpot by Eddie Matcook. Matcook? Matcook. He writes, um, 343's Bonnie Ross confirmed years ago that all future Halo first-person shooter games would offer a local couch co-op after Halo 5 Guardians dropped the feature. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes this a, a pretty big bummer. Dude, it's um, a big deal. Like, and This is something that, like, D- Halo 5 came out. Like, this this is in my memory. This is, this is the way that everything happened. Um, Halo 5 comes out uh you know to mixed reviews and part of those mixed reviews are no couch co-op campaign and then in order to basically uh reassure fans that like hey halo is it's in good hands like don't you know this isn't like because this is the first time that 343 had really like done a halo all by themselves like and was this massive massive deal like a numbered halo i believe um they, or maybe it was the second time because did, did they do Halo, Halo uh, 4? They might have done Halo 4 too. Anyway, but this was like a first big like misstep basically in the Halo franchise. And in order to reassure people, they were like, oh, this feature that you're missing on this time, we'll never forget it again. <laughs> well, yeah, like, well, and I, I'm, so I'm reading here too. In 2017, Halo boss Bonnie Ross said um, not including split screen in Halo 5 was one of the quote, most painful learnings end quote, that Microsoft faced after taking over ownership of the Halo brand from Bungie. Yeah. She went on to promise, quote, for any first-person shooter out going out forward, we will always have to put screen in, end quote. Um, the explanation for why they didn't include it back then, uh, Phil Spencer said Halo 5 didn't have local couch co-op in part because people generally prefer to play online yep. instead of locally. Quote, we see the robustness, and I remember this, robustness of, what Xbox Live is today and where people are playing across Xbox Live. You at your house, me at our house. Mm-hmm. We know that's the vast majority of the co-op play. With Halo 5, the team really wanted to focus on making that experience great, both visually on the screen that you're looking at and at all the systems in place, end quote. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Um, like, the thing is, like, if I think about, like, Bungie, like, the the people who invented Halo, right? The people who, like, just, you know... First, first Halo, uh, or Halo was their, you know, one of their their big deals. So they went on to make Destiny, which has no couch co-op. <laughs> so yeah. No. Like, yeah, it doesn't. Even them, like looking at the like the data and being like, okay, what are we going to focus on? Couch co-op not on their list, you know. And and I remember even at the time being like, okay, I guess it was a bummer, but like, when was the last time, like, so you and I played like some, some, some of the campaigns, or like, hey, like Gears campaigns, like on the couch together uh, a few times. Um, I think, hey, I think the, f- did we play four together? Um, or was that like, no, we played that one online together. So yeah, it's like, it's been a long time since like a, a couch co-op campaign was like a big priority for me as a gamer. Um, but like, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it just comes down to, they promised something and now they're not doing it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, like, um, there's always other reasons behind that. Like that may be like, okay, yeah, we're seeing data that people are, 
are not, you know, playing uh, locally. They're playing online. Well, like, you also have to pair that with. That means that the graphical fidelity that they'd have to sacrifice mm -hmm. in order to do split screen, then, okay, well, then that doesn't isn't necessarily a limiting factor anymore. So let's just get rid of that. Um, and this is the reason they gave this time. 343 uh, said, quote, in order to improve and accelerate ongoing live service development and to better address player feedback and quality of life updates, we have reallocated studio resources and are no longer working on local campaign split screen co-op. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they won't ever implement it. It just said it means they're not working on it right now. The, like what I kind of like, you know, read from this is like, hey, uh, stuff's broken in other other more uh, critical areas that we need to address right now. So we're pausing on that. Sure. Yeah. And I think that, like there's just the overall response, like community response to Halo five has been like, there's just not enough content, not, not as frequent updates as they would like. And obviously like, like, I compare it to like Destiny because Bungie, right? Because like, okay, this is a franchise right. started by Bungie and they went on to do Destiny. Like Destiny has had two seasons and like some, some special event stuff like happen it like between whenever Halo launched and now and Halo hasn't like has not delivered nearly uh, even close to the amount of content that, that is like there hasn't been any story content addition additions there's only been oh yeah we're in the beta for the uh, for the for the online co-op campaign and we've just re like introduced uh, the forge so like you can like you know do some of your own building and things like that building maps and designing things like that and so basically it's like the, the community just wants them to like wants more content wants new content and that that makes sense that they would be like hey let's let's we got to drop off the thing that almost none of these people are going to are going to be using because we've seen the data and about who's going to do couch co-op campaign and then put that rules resources over to things that people are actually like asking for the active community is asking for. So yeah, there, there, there's that like kind of cold, hard math aspect of it. Yep. Yep. Well, if it comes pops back up, we'll let you know. Um, but, um, uh, it's interesting, you know. I I don't I don't, I don't even know like other than like small two D games like I don't even know like like okay like Ninja Turtles okay that has some local co op um I don't even know what other games have local co op that have come out recently. Wasn't there oh Cuphead only has couch co op? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which seems like an a, like a glaring omission to me, but you know it's. Netcode is hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm struggling to come up with like a, a high profile, like a, especially like a triple A game, like the Gears franchise. I don't think they like they haven't had that for uh, for a minute either. So at least Gears 5 didn't have it. So Gears 5 didn't have local co-op. I don't think so. Not, not local co-op on the campaign or maybe it did. I don't know. That's a good question. I should I should confirm this before I, I make that statement, because like I I. I remember seeing like online co-op, but I don't think think I remember seeing like hey add a controller situation going on. Let's see. Gears That's interesting. Five couch co-op. Okay, let's find out. Uh, oh, they can team up locally through the entirety of the campaign with up nice. to three players max. Oh wow. So if dude, if Gears is doing it, I don't know. I like and Gears is gorgeous. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't, 
or do you remember how crappy like Halo Infinite looked at first? Like I don't know. There's something yeah. with, with the way well, that they run that. It's also an open world. I realize it's it's an open world, and Gears is not really like an open world game. It's got like big open zones, but like yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah, the uh, that is that is really interesting because Gears is also running on Unreal Engine rather than whatever proprietary thing Halo is running on. So. Um, maybe it's a little bit more more forgiving in that case because like Gears is like Gears Five is one of the the best looking games that I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, I mean if they can do it, Halo should be able to do it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, that's it for this week. Um, you can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com on social at Chris Strike Two Five Zero and John Wright Seven Seven Seven. And at Stay on Target Pod, please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.